Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Are you talking to me? Are you talking to me, Ben Vanell? I don't see anybody else here except well, I do see my co-host Adam Knox. Here I am in the room with you. <laughs> yep, that's it. I'm reaching over and inappropriately touching you. Uh, it's not inappropriate if I'm spreading my legs further. But welcome to our new <laughs> uh, erotic reading podcast. Oh man, there's got to be so much erotic fan fiction for Game of Thrones. Probably not. <laughs> it's only about Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, that's all that's out there anymore. It, yeah. The rest, and I would love to see because you know how Fifty Shades of Grey mm-hmm. uh, is. It was originally uh, whatever the woman who wrote that's name is. She was writing erotic fan fiction about Twilight. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they did that, but with some Sonic the Hedgehog erotic fan fiction, so turned those characters into oh, yeah. a, a, gen- a billionaire instead of a vampire. So it'd be a... uh, uh, A very spiky man. (laughs) Yeah, some kind of just real spiky dude who loves... Like, I guess, a a sprinter? (laughs) Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. She she fucks Usain Bolt. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, Fifty Shades of Greyjoy was the thing that I thought of. Ah, nice. Well, (laughs) so, yeah. Congratulations on winning the Nobel Prize for jokes. Thank you very much. Um, so our first episode just went just went online. It just went out there. Um, hopefully, people are enjoying it. I think so. I had a lot of fun doing it. We uh, recapped the first episode of Game of Thrones. Yep. We talked for longer than the episode went for. That <laughs> was uh, good. I reckon we make it a goal not to do that again. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I was thinking we d- we go for double. We hit oh, three hours or something. I. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's massively overanalyze it. Yep. Um, I mean, there's there's a lot to talk about. Uh, specifically in this second episode, I, I remember saying, you know, there was more packed into that first episode than I remembered. This one just, like, doubles down on it. So much shit happens in this episode. Yeah, the show, like, for as much as a lot of what's going on in this show is sort of quiet moments uh, it, and just characters sort of having meaningful chats and looks, it mm. moves. Yes, yeah, and and yeah, I, I I feel like just having watched these first two again, I'm I'm thinking like, what's left to happen in this season? So much has already happened, so much like literal movement as well as plot movement. But um, should we just get uh, get stuck into the second episode, the King's Road? Yep, let's do it. And thank you for calling me by my nickname that I requested, the King's Road. <laughs> Uh, so we open this episode out of the DVD case and put it in, and the first scene you see yes. is Carl Drogo and his Kalasar. I don't think we ever said- I mean, people are watching the show at the same time, I would imagine, but Carl means king, basically. Yes. Uh, Drogo and his, uh, Kalasar, which is all his horses and folks, uh, riding along the grass plains, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. uh, Joram Mormon and Daenerys have a little bit of a chat. She eats a, uh, a little, uh, some horse. Some horse jerky. Which I would definitely eat that. Yeah, I, I thought it looked pretty tasty. Absolutely, get down to Tesco's or Sainsbury's or whichever one it was. Yes, and, <laughs> uh, nothing, nothing wrong. Like if you eat one animal, you've got to be prepared to eat every single animal that exists, including human. Uh, that's that's right. Otherwise, you are morally corrupt. Exactly. Yeah. Don't be a hypocrite. Eat a hippo. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Uh, and they're having a little bit of a chat about this uh, kind of. Not really a prophecy, but there's some sort of deadly grass. Or not deadly, <laughs> but it, it, it kills every other plant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, t- it takes over the world, basically. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And kind of gets a, a little bit into uh, the Dothraki, um, uh, the, their sort of superstitions and uh, 
the 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 they have a bit of a prophetical bent mm-hmm. to them prophetic mm-hmm. prophetical the, yeah it's kind of that um sort of more primitive society where they explain away a lot of the mysteries of the world by attributing it to gods and demons and you know stuff like that um and they also allow it to direct their actions in some ways totally and that's yeah that's a pretty common thing in primitive societies where it's like we're sacrificing people to this god because when we do it the food happens to come back yeah 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 when people die in winter then later on it turns into a different season and there's more food strange yes yes. that's we make fun of it but we're still like that now i mean fucking I will not vaccinate my children, for example. No, I, I've of course sacrificed I. three women to uh, to the moon god. Wow! So, yeah, three. Yeah. Good day. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> a little bit of a um, look into that, and we get some more of that later. There's uh, they move on and mm. they make a bit of a camp there. Uh, there's some handmaidens. Yes, Joram Viserys have a little bit of a chat, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, he's basically Jorah is obviously not into Viserys and kind of goes, hey, you could go maybe have a big comfy pillow back at that place where you were. This place is a little harsh, right? You want to, oh, it's pretty tired. You should be going home. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to be around me and what I'm doing. You want to be sitting on a silk pillow. Surely this is the roads too rough for you, Viserys. Uh, And Viserys is like, "Ah, fuck off. I I get it. You're, you're, (laughs) I'm staying. Yeah, and, I want to um, be here until this army fucking goes over and gets me my throne back. Yeah, and asks uh, Jorah, so how come you are over here as well? Mm-hmm. What did what did Ned Stark want to kill you for? Were you a slaver? He's like, I sold some people to him. It's to a slaver. <laughs> to, to a slaver, yeah. I sold some people to a slaver. And um, is, yeah, Viserys is like, they wanted to like kill you for that. When I'm king, I'm I'm going to give you a big medal for that. I love slaves. Yeah, yeah just <laughs> this real. Uh, again, the villains in this are so over the top and wacky, but it seems realistic for him to go. I'm into slavery. Yes. If someone said that <laughs> at any other show, you'd be like, "Well, that's fucking a bit much, surely." Yeah. You're yeah. overriding that, but nope. It makes sense here. It does. It just, and it sets him in in like complete polar opposition to the character we like the most so far. Totally, yeah. Stark. Yeah. Uh, So that's just a little bit of an open. We get there with them, and then we uh, go over back to Winterfell, and Tyrion's Mm. waking up with some pigs. Yes, yes. Or some dogs, right? He's in, well, yeah, he's in, like, the stable bit. There's some little, I think they were pigs. Maybe not, I don't know. No, no, because Joffrey leans over, and he's like, oh, those dogs are better looking than the ones you usually sleep with. That's Which right. is not a bad burn. Yeah, Joffrey's got some... Um, he's got a mouth on him. He certainly does. For sure, which Tyrion, pretty soon after that, slaps quite hard. He slaps his mouth off, yes. Which is uh, a very satisfying thing to see already. Like, I'm pretty sure that mm. dog thing is maybe Joffrey's first line of this show. Yeah, I think so, because, yeah, after last week, we were pretty certain he hadn't said anything. He'd just done a lot of smug looks. Yeah, and yep. he gets that smug look whacked off his face. <laughs> yes, because um, he's, he's not being respectful about Bran getting pushed out of a tower and possibly at this point dying. Like Tyrion says something like, go offer your condolences to the family, which is it kind of implies they think he's going to die. Mm. And then, yeah, and, Joffrey's like, I don't give a fuck about that kid. Mm, Little mm, douchebag. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's so, like... Um, emblematic of who he is it's like his reason is like i don't care about him it's like as if that explains why he's not going to go through the polite you know um rituals and responsibilities of a normal person yeah just the simplest thing of walking up to somebody and going sorry your kid's nearly dead yeah like no i'm a prince it's so little fuckhead but uh and then so Tyrion, you're like oh maybe Tyrion's this nice guy and then as he's walking off he's like to the hound he's like you dog you're a dog yeah what a like that was such a weird turn like uh, you immediately are like Tyrion's slapping the shit out of the most annoying character i've ever seen this guy's cool and then yeah he just immediately is like 
Well, go. You're a, you're a dog. Like he just calls the guy a dog. Like because he's still a shitty. I mean, I mean, everyone kind of does that to him, but he's still a, like a shitty entitled Lannister mm. on on some level. Yeah, uh, and walks off to breakfast, and I really liked uh, um, Peter Dinklage's acting with just the line "time to get some breakfast" or whatever it was. <laughs> yes, he says like he he says it in this like very. Ah, I love breakfast. Time to go get some tone. But his face is just like, I'm a depressed man. Right. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's woken up in in the stables with a dog. He's just had to slap the shit out of his nephew. He's been rude to this dude. His life's not great, but he's got all these superficial things that, you know, are distracting him. And obviously that's what's going to, like, he's going to say that. Like, I enjoy breakfast, but my heart's dead. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And and, yeah. and walks through this dining hall just, like, listing slowly different items that he wants with that, like, <laughs> you know, very sort of I'm effectively a prince kind yep. of tone to him. Uh, has a sit down with Cersei and whatnot. They all have a little bit of a chat about Bran. He's, like, showing off to, to the kids. Yes, he's like, been a hey. cheeky uncle. Yeah, and he's a good yep. cheeky un- uncle. He's talking about boning whores is <laughs> yes. something along the lines of what his wording is. Yeah. But yeah, again, it, it, it really shows his character at this point because he's like palling around with the family and being the cheeky uncle, but he's still getting those withering looks from Cersei. And it's obvious, like he isn't liked by his sister. No. And his brother does, and his, and everyone else does. Like they're all kind of, hey, yeah, you're a part of this family, whatever. Yes. And yeah. just Cersei on her own is the one who kind of at this point doesn't really accept him. But then uh, he mentions how Bran is probably going to be all right. Like the the mm. maester says, hey, yeah, he's probably okay. And I mean, he's going to live at least. Yeah, he's going to live. Yeah. Um, he might be crippled, but he'll live. Mm-hmm. And Cersei and Jamie share a look. So obvious, it seems like. like yeah, that's, like it's. Yeah, exactly. You guys should have had more practice at being subtle about this shit. <laughs> totally, totally. Like for how good the show has been up to this point, like it's almost been flawless in terms of this, this like two hours so far. But those like side eye, like, like they're like pulling at their collars. Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 such a the idea that nobody picked up on what they're doing. But yeah. uh, maybe somebody did. Who knows? Mm. So um, they, uh, yep, have a little bit of a chat over breakfast, and then uh, we go over to Catelyn sitting with Bran. Yes, pretty, uh, pretty upset for some reason. <laughs> who could, who could fathom what she could be upset about? <laughs> and um, they, uh, Cersei walks in, mm. and very. Uh, it clearly manipulates... She gives Catelyn this big story of like, oh, I've been through a similar thing. It's hard, Cat. You and me, we're buddies, right? Nothing to worry about from me. Yeah, it, it, it... Like, that's such a great example of how weird she is, like, and fucked up. And, and yeah, kind of manipulative, I guess. But as a viewer, you're also getting revealed, like, what she is. Because you've just seen her find out this kid that she basically was the party to the attempted murder of may live then she goes directly to the kid's mum yeah and is like here's a sob story that is actually kind of maybe worse than what's happening to you yeah i get it and you're just like oh this is slimy this is creepy and it it does it it makes you realize like oh maybe she has had some genuinely fucked stuff in her life that's damaged her sure sure but i took it as such a like deliberate move of like you know when they say them, the, they always revisit the scene of the crime. Yes, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. if you show up at the bank that's just been robbed, going like, "Oh, I didn't rob this bank. What's going on, fellas?" <laughs> yes. People won't suspect you. Right, I right. Think she's doing but a little, little bit of that. Yeah, totally. But yeah, the the real underlying thing is the um, self obsession and self aggrandizement of someone who thinks they're going to get away with something or they're trying to get away with something. Yeah. It's that, that weird, like, lust for excitement <laughs> that's built into a crazy person. And you're right that she's just trying to one-up her mm. with this story it is, yeah, very... It's it's disturbing. 
so then outside, Jon Snow's uh, putting his nose to the grindstone. Literally. Oh, yeah. There's a grindstone no, he got, there. He yeah, he's, he's, it's not his nose. His nose is not on the grindstone. It's not literal. They're making their, uh, making some kind of sword there, and uh, Jamie comes up and is all fucking mm. dick A real dick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But but not even not necessarily just dick measuring like he was with Ned. He's just he's just being a dick. He's just being like, "Hey, John, you're gonna go be a Night's Watchman. You know they suck, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know those fucking losers aren't yeah. swinging swords at shadows and don't fuck anybody. Yeah, yeah. And, Whereas and me, uh, hey, if you don't enjoy it, you've only devoted your entire life to it now. So fucking suck it, dude. Yeah, just completely needless. Yeah, totally. After everything that's just happened in the past 24 hours, like, what a dick. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm going to push one of them out the window, and then the other one I'm going to go up and just do it emotionally. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so then Arya's packing up at the same time, and uh, John walks into her room, doesn't knock. And, no, uh, no one... Oh, actually, no, they did knock last week. We just forgot. But yeah, uh, yeah just strolls on in. Just waltz, waltz is in there like he's the goddamn <laughs> king of the castle, which he's not. He's a bastard. Stay in your place, John. I, I'm right. a he'll, Lannister. He'll, he'll never rise to any station of importance. That <laughs> is a fact. And uh, um, Arya's sitting there with her dog, who for some reason she's named Nymeria. It means something in one of the languages, but uh, we don't know at this point what it means. I don't think we ever do in, in, in the show. Right. Someone probably wrote it in some glossary of terms on the yeah, internet. Probably George R. R. Martin. But uh, <laughs> there's uh, she's because it's such a juxtaposition when you, later on you find Sansa is named her one lady. Yeah, isn't that great? That's a that's a pretty um, again good shorthand representation of what these characters are at this point. Yeah. Like Arya has this like kind of highfalutin, interesting at least name and- for the. Nymeria is probably some kind of like goddess of war or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm bet. Um, I'll look it up now so we don't sound stupid. I'm Nymeria gonna meaning... continue. Yeah, she was a warrior queen. Right. Yeah. Okay. Makes yeah, complete yeah. sense. And so then Arya yep. is uh, gifted this sword that was being made out in the courtyard. It's uh, a little sort of fencing-looking sword. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. uh, she names Needle because it's kind of the opposite of Sansa's Needles, which I've forgotten. That's why she named it Needle, and that's a good reason. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. And, this uh, is my version of a needle. Yeah. They have a big hug goodbye. They clearly, they've gotten along for yes. while they were there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then John goes to see the other kid who we liked, Bran. Mm-hmm. Um, my fucking God, Catelyn hates this guy. <laughs> Yeah, I forgot this. I forgot how, um, yeah, just flagrant she is in her distaste for him. And it's and it's a real classic, like saying something and then the wrong person walks in at the exact wrong time moment. But um, yeah, I thought that was really well done. I thought that whole scene was really good. Like totally because you you like Catelyn, right? Like I liked Catelyn. I think she's a good character. I think up to this point, you're like. She's a you know reasonable woman doing the best she can, and then she's real uh, real snippy with John. Yeah, and she's a great mother, and I think that's the thing she obviously is priding herself on here. Yeah, uh, and she's very attentive to her children, and I think the fact that Jon Snow is so uh, the antithesis of her child that she totally that is yeah. is the thing. Like she is venomous towards him. Yeah, lets yeah. him. Let's the, him. Her relationship with her her husband, who has is otherwise this extremely honourable, noble man. Her relationship with her family, like what she, yeah, you're right. What she is as a person, which is a mother and a, a caretaker and a supportive person. Jon Snow is like the the slap in the face to that completely. And then she says that to Eddard, who shows up in a second, yeah, uh, being like, "Hey, however many years ago you fucked off." like you're doing now. And when you came back, yes. you had that bastard with you. So yeah. why are you doing this to me again? Yeah. I, I can't do this. She says like, she cannot deal with this. She cannot, she cannot even basically. Yeah. It's weird that um, she said that. But, I know. Uh, I know. It, it's the one bit where the writing slipped up quite a, <laughs> quite a bit so far <laughs> in the show. But yeah. What does she say when Eddard walks in? She says like, just go. Like she's just telling John, just, just leave, just get out of here, get out of my face. 
Yeah, like you should never have been here, and finally mm. you're actually going and fuck off. Like she, yeah. she doesn't like she lets him say goodbye to Bran because yes. I think more because Bran liked John. But yeah, yeah. Then they fuck off, and she tells Eddard that she hates the fact that he's leaving. Mm-hmm. But um, you, you know, Eddard's like, hey, I'm doing it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Rob and John say their goodbyes as well. Uh, they yeah. clearly, he, John's clearly gotten along with all these kids. Totally, yes. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Like, the really the only person he hasn't gotten along with is the woman who whose entire existence is, like, invalidated or made to feel small because he is there. Yeah. Like, everyone... He, he's a good dude. It's not it's not him as a person that's making this shitty. It's, it's the circumstance. Totally. He didn't choose it. And, like, Theon and him seem to not really like each other as well. Theon was a bit of a mm. dick to him. But, and mm. I guess that's maybe something to do with Theon also being this outsider and, like, maybe trying to fit in with the Starks a little bit more by being extra mean to Jon. Yes, because Theon is a legitimate son of a of a king. Like, he, he is royalty. He is a nobleman. He's just a captive and yeah. has been raised there. So, yeah, he probably thinks of himself as more of a, more of a high-born guy, which technically he is. Yeah, but he's yeah. A, he's got some bloody low low born opinions. If you know what I mean. <laughs> that's right, he's got some low morals. Um, but yeah, I've I thought the scene with Rob was kind of kind of flat. <laughs> like, yeah, there wasn't have, a lot of they didn't convey a lot of history there, right? Yeah, like they they have some sort of mutual respect, but even the expression on Rob's face is not this warm or even regretful, you know, expression that this guy that he's friends with is leaving. It's just kind of like I am doing. I'm a guy who's always going to just do what I think I'm, I'm meant to do when I'm hugging you goodbye, but I'm not shedding any tears. Like, it certainly wasn't mm. that kind of um, goodbye. Totally. Rob seems a little just sort of uptight so far or uh, by yes. the book or something. Yeah, yes, totally, yeah. And then he's like, I guess the next time I see you, you'll be in black. And it's like, motherfucker, he's wearing all black. <laughs> he says, John's like, it's always been my colour. Yeah, and, but like... like none, none of the exchange is like... Reveals any sort of friendship, really? No, and maybe there wasn't one. You know, maybe they were just sort of because Rob is the, obviously the heir to all of this stuff. So John is like, uh, kind of, he's just the shit version of Rob. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So then they head off out of Winterfell. Everybody's riding off, and there's a crossroads, a sort of split, a fork in the road. Hmm. And Benjen, and uh, for some reason Tyrion's going to the wall. He's like, I'm going to piss off it. Yeah, he just wants to see it. He's he's saying that, I think, is it, if it might be at breakfast or it's a bit later, he's telling Cersei and Jamie like, how do you not want to go to the wall? It's like the most incredible structure that's ever been built in the history of the world. I want to go see it. Which is, like, makes sense. He's not a guy that has duties. He doesn't have to be in the court. He doesn't have to be doing anything. So yeah. he's just the guy who has some money and likes to fuck around. Yeah, he's, it, that makes sense that he go... I mean, like, I guess the tourism industry is not easy to maintain when there are people with swords <laughs> in any route to yes. get to a tourist destination. <laughs> yes, 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 true. So it makes and sense. So, yeah, he's taking advantage of the fact that there's a few soldiers in a carriage and, yeah, he wants to see the wall. And they wander off and um, John and Eddard have a little bit of a goodbye... And Eddard, like, seems really upset that he is saying goodbye to John. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he says, like, look, next time I see you, at least he basically says that, like, next time I see you, I'll tell you what's going on with your mom. Yeah, because John, it, like, knows nothing about her, Yeah, it sounds like. And um, Eddard is, is uh, like, real proud of John for joining the Night's Watch and all that stuff. He's like, hey, you are a Stark, by the way. Yes. He says, like, you're, I think of you as a Stark, so you go up there and be a Stark. Good on you, boy. See you later. And, totally. And it, it kind of feels like, I don't know if this is just me, um, it, like, putting this onto what, what's actually in the show, but it feels like if all of this weird stuff wasn't happening at this exact point in time, maybe Ned would talk more to John about maybe not joining the Night's Watch. Like, maybe they'd he'd be able to figure something else out but because ned's got dragged down to king's landing to be the hand and john's just made this decision and he's he's determined to follow through it's like uh or i guess i'll talk to you later 
Uh, yeah, and it seems like yeah. it's all just come too soon. And John was just like a bit too young. Ed always, mm. Ned always wanted to tell him, "I'm always going to call him Ed." I, yeah, I, 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 <laughs> if I if I knew him, I think I'd know him well enough to call him Ed. Okay, all right. I'll, <laughs> I'll call, call him Mister Stark. Mister Stark. Wow. Yep. <laughs> Aren't you nice? <laughs> what a close yes. personal friendship. Yes. Uh, yes. So yeah, they they have a nice goodbye, and everybody leaves. The uh, royal party with all the king and everything, they were going back to King's Landing with Ned. Mm-hmm. They head south. Uh, they have a, a little break, a little pit stop here. A little picnic. A little picnic, and I fucking mm. loved the way this started. Um, Robert's, like, pissing up against a tree and walks over. He's like, ah, this is countryside. And then it <laughs> pans down to this ornate setup of all this food that is just, like, completely city Yes, the, mo- the fanciest picnic, like, forest buffet I've ever seen. Like, it's just this ripe, shiny fruit and meat, and it's just piled on top of this table. It, it, so, it looks delicious, yeah. but, mate, you're not, you're not roughing it. No. Nah, you've forgotten around. your roots, bro. You've, you've totally you've, forgotten your roots. All you've remembered is to root. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that's what they yeah. sit down and have a chat about at first, or uh, Ned and Robert reminiscing about when they were younger. When they were mm. fucking about, uh, Robert says how much he loves tits. Yeah, big old tits, he says. Yeah, I think um, he literally does say, big tits. Yeah, yeah. And he's yeah, he's talking about yeah the old days before they were married and they were out fucking around. And Ned visibly is uncomfortable. Mm. He's, not, he, he's he, not into it. Because the, the woman he had John with comes up. Mm-hmm. Wyla, I think her name was. Yeah, I think so. Yes, I think that was it, yeah. And he does not want to talk about her or anything they move on to talk about as well because then uh, the Targaryens come up, the fact that there's a couple of them over the narrow sea comes up and mm-hmm. Robert's like, I want to f- fucking have them murdered. I want to send him a fucking knife. Yeah, and yeah. not just as a gift. Someone will be <laughs> holding it. Not just send them a yes. lovely a knife in the mail. I'm going to send it to them right... In the tum tum, I'm gonna. It's gonna get. I'm gonna send it into their stomach. You got to yeah. pay extra for it for that delivery, but <laughs> yes. If any, it's kind of convenient. Um, yeah, and and Ned doesn't want that to happen. He seems to be a little bit naive, honestly. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's a, it's a weird contrast because Robert is initially so lighthearted and is treating this thing of like cheating on their wives with such frivolity mm. and Ned's like dude I don't want to talk about it I kind of regret it and Robert's like mate you're like it was war shit happens you've otherwise been the best guy in the world like come on man and yeah. then all of a sudden Robert turns into this guy who's like paranoid defensive and really aggressive but he's the king and he has said that he has no friends like I think he's probably right to feel like that and yes. like, yeah, Eddard's like a bit of a, uh, maybe being a bit too much of a nice guy. To- yeah, I think that's that's why it's an interesting scene, because you're initially totally on Ned's side. The whole thing is framed to be empathizing with Ned. You don't want to hear Robert talking about all this horn and fucking and making light of this thing that happened. Mm. Uh, and so you start the scene like, I'm on Ned's side. And then when Robert does start talking about this stuff... It, you have to you have to shift you ha- you have to personally make the intelligent you know choice of like oh well I th- even though I, like emotionally I was just against Robert now I'm go- I gotta I gotta maybe think about the words he's actually saying and totally think that he, maybe and like he's right we the, from what we've heard of you know the old Targaryen rule before these guys took over it sounds like they were fucked we've seen Viserys he's a bit fucked maybe you do he's, need to just wipe him out if you want to stay in power totally totally and do, do they reference do they reference Daenerys I, they reference the fact that Daenerys has married Khal Drogo yeah that's right yeah y- yeah and so again we're like oh we don't want her to get killed she seems nice but yeah you're right like objectively speaking their family seems to have been a bit fucked and they were overthrown, we kind of get. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, it's it's like, okay, yeah, Robert is right to be paranoid. Just, like, yeah. Totally. This guy, Rhaegar, who's not about anymore, but he sounded like a piece of work too. Mm-hmm. He's the guy who clearly has killed Lyanna, so uh, 
yeah, you don't, you can't have people like that. If I was king, I'd kill them. I'd burn them all. Yeah, I yeah, I think I think you'd have to, right? Like if you heard that, if you heard that one of them was marrying a, a barbarian with a giant army, you'd be like, fucking get over there, someone, and put poison yeah. in their milk or whatever. Did that guy I sent with the box of snakes end up killing them? <laughs> or did he just give them to them as pets? Because oh, I told no. him to make those snakes bite them. I yeah, said, I told him to throw them on him. <laughs> Even if the snakes aren't venomous, tie them like a noose around their neck and tug on that snake. That's right. That's right. That was your challenge. I said, here's a box of snakes, and just however you can, just just do it. And if you do it, you get to keep one of the snakes. Yeah, save one snake yeah. for yourself, and then have that <laughs> yes. bite you so there's no loose ends. Yes, yes. Uh, and, th- and then we see those Dothrakis in Daenerys again. Um, it's Daenerys just... Second time, it's like just getting more f- fucking raped by Khal Drogo. Yeah, that was brutal. Like that was real brutal. Just uh, gone bang. Look at this. Like sh- she's like it couldn't be more graphic. Like it was so yeah. It's just really shown to. And then she, she's clearly um, taken some comfort in the in the eggs there, and sort of thinking about the reason she's doing this is for a family and for a home. So yeah. Um, which kind of, again, like not a lot of things have played poorly in these episodes so far, but the thing of her like crying while she's getting raped and staring at the dragon eggs and then like smiling, I was, uh, I don't know, I thought it was maybe a bit uh, on the nose a little or bit or something. Yeah, yeah. It's, but it's, again, it's like, I guess it does convey some kind of. I guess, like, yeah, you said, like, she's thinking about her family, the dragon eggs maybe represent the Targaryens, or... Yeah. I think at the time I kind of just thought she was, like, into the dragon eggs and hoped they would do something. Or it's like, yeah, maybe. I don't, it, like, there's a couple of bits in this episode where the way it's directed is very um, showing you exactly what's going on. Like, the bit later on that we're not up to yet, but where Sansa is deciding whether or not to lie about what happened with the Butcher Boy... Yep. There's a very pointed, like, here's her looking at Ned, and then here's her looking at Joffrey, and oh, mm. what decision is she going to make? And it's just, like, it's directed in the most sort of obvious way you could do it. Yes. Yeah. To the detriment of the scene, I think. But then uh, we go back to Benjen and uh, John and Tyrion are sitting around on their way up to the wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple of what Tyrion describes as rapers. Yes. Who uh, are joining the wall. And this is sort of the first we've gotten of the idea that, oh, the, some of the people at the wall are like convict colony Australia style forced yes. to be there. Yes. Yeah. But he says, yeah, they can either get castrated or they can join the Night's Watch, which like after Jamie's already given John all this shit for joining the Night's Watch, this is just rubbing it in big time. Yeah. And he says like most people choose the knife. Which yeah, going to the wall worse than losing your balls. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, they have a little bit of a chat about why Tyrion reads so much. He says, "Hey, my mind is my weapon." Basically, I thought it was kind of a little bit hammy. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. It, it's such a stark contrast. No pun intended. A what contrast? I beg <laughs> your pardon. Um, to the previous episode, which we spoke a lot about how uh, elegant. It was in its exposition and its setting up of characters and characteristics and plot points. This episode, while I still really enjoyed it, a few more clunky moments of exposition. Totally. Uh, it's it's really yeah. giving it to you. Like mm. fucking having Tyrion reading a book, honestly, when all of these other characters are not doing that. <laughs> yes. Is yes. kind of enough. Or maybe even that's too much. Like get a load of Urkel over here fucking swatting away. Yeah, yeah. There's there's something ab- uh, about that that was just yeah very plain. Yeah, I mean yeah, I'm like, like perhaps in like you have Jon Snow swinging a sword around and Tyrion makes fun of him and then Jon Snow's like, well, what weapons do you have? Like, I, there's got to be better ways than having him reading a book and Jon Snow going, why are you reading that book? Yeah, and like my mind is my weapon is 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 such a cliche and that is the case mm. for him, but. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're, they're, it's it's not the smoothest thing the show's done so far. Yeah, but th- I think the scene also has some good stuff and more subtle stuff where Tyrion starts to break Jon Snow's, you know, icy demeanor hmm. and gets him to open up a little bit. He gives him some wine, 
maybe they're starting to bond, which totally, yeah, was I think done pretty well. Yeah, the um, sort of burgeoning friendship that's happening between them over the last couple of episodes is nice, and the fact that John just does not give a fuck about being respectful to him. Yeah, yes, like yes. this dude who is from this powerful family who the the queen of which belongs to and the old hand of the king they mentioned was was Tywin Lannister their father who we've not met yet but yes it yeah it, john is pretty <laughs> i i it's it kind of is weird to me that he is so re- you'd have thought he would be a little bit more uh restrained given how he grew up yeah i maybe it is because of how he grew up and the fact that he's like he knows he's never going to get anything, you know, like he's never going to get a title. He's never going to be the king. He's just like, that's why he's joining the Night's Watch. Like he's just like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to go and do something that I think might be something I want to do. Like, yeah, that's just his whole attitude. It seems like apart from also being really nice to all the people that he loves and are his, you know, quote unquote family. Yeah, I guess all he knows about Tyrion is that the first few times I met, he kept going, bastard, bastard, bastard. Sure. And he's probably heard stories about this guy who is like this notorious fuckboy who gets drunk <laughs> all the time. Like, and he's rich. Like, that's all he knows about him, really. Yeah. That's what people are like when they meet me a lot of the time. So um, <laughs> we go back to Winterfell after that, and uh, we have a little bit of uh, Rob and, and Catelyn talking about how they're going to manage the particulars of stuff while Ned's away. Yep. And there's some wolves kind of having a bit of howl in the background. And then mm. Rob looks out the window. He's like, oh, fuck, they're howling because there's a big old fire. There's a big old fire. I forgot this scene. Uh, a lot of the scenes in these first couple episodes are still vaguely remembered, but this got me. This this tricked me. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, well, this yeah, very so forgettable scene. <laughs> this very forgettable <laughs> scene where a man bursts into the room. Oh, it, no, he doesn't burst in. He's just like horror movie style mm. there over her shoulder when the mm. camera switches the other way. This hooded, cloaked figure who draws a knife and goes for Bran. Yep. Yep. And, and Catelyn Cat- jumps in the way mm-hmm. and she grabs the knife with her hands. Like she grabs the blade. It's, it's this intense. Room- fancy looking blade that does not slice clean through her hands which you'd imagine it might but anyway she's, yes yes <laughs> she's grabbing this thing and uh trying to wrestle the dude he's kind of got the upper hand and then uh brand's wolf leaps up fucking graphically tears that dude's jugular out y- yeah you see the blood spurting and squirting out brand's wolf is called summer which again is kind of a Less uh, complex or <laughs> subtle name than Nymeria, mm. but uh, that's what it's called. And I guess they they lo- they hate winter here, so true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Summer yeah. is is I guess more meaningful there than it is uh, here mm. in Australia, where I wish summer would end. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, then, yeah, the dog protects Bran. Clearly, these these wolves and the kids have bonded here. Yes, already, yeah. Like in one episode, the, yeah, there's some kind of unspoken bond and, and sort of not supernatural, but it's not normal. Like it's not just a, a kid and his puppy. Like it's something deeper has gone totally, on. Totally, yes. The, there is something going And you, you can see that the wolf feel like he jumps up on the bed and, and he's... The, the, yes, exactly. There's something there. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, this wolf comes and kills a man. And again, like this was a puppy. Like this was a small puppy. Quite recently. Mm. And now well, it's big enough to kill a man. Yeah, the time scale of these episodes, like, a lot of time has passed in these two episodes. Right, yeah, um, right. Because later on when Catelyn's telling everybody about the knife, mm-hmm. she mentions it's been a month since they left or something like that. Like, time yeah, is you're moving right. yeah. quickly. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, it's not all there's no clock showing up 24 style telling you how much has gone. <laughs> no. But yeah, no. this ain't happening in real time with Bill Maher. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're right, because the it, yeah the, the journey to the wall isn't like a day's ride. No, yeah, exactly. These guys are all riding long distances. They've clearly been in the north for a significant amount of time, the Lannisters. Yep. Uh, then back over the Dothrakis, Daenerys has like these three... Women uh, handmaids, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them, one of them's not Dothraki, right? Yeah, two of them. Uh, it, it seems like the Dothraki 
can you believe it, take uh, prisoners as they sweep through the lands. Mm-hmm. And there's, mm-hmm. like, basically an Australian woman. <laughs> yeah, yes. There, and then a couple of Dothrakis, and they're having a little bit of a chat about myths and history. And Yeah, dragons uh, came from the moon, right? That's what the Australian reckons. Right. But Australians are fucking dumb. And uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I'm shitting on Australia. Uh, the... Um, other ones, like, there's one there who just says, it is known twice. That's right. <laughs> She's just a sounding board who, whenever the first one says, it is known, the second one goes, you it heard her. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, she's the hype, she's the hype woman. <laughs> yeah, she is. <laughs> you tell him, <them>, Dre! <laughs> <laughs> yes. Watch the um, throne! <laughs> but then they, they she... Uh, Daenerys sends those two away, right? And she's like, hey, Australian girl, why don't you stay and let's talk for a bit? Yeah, and the Australian girl's like, before this, my job was to fuck. I was a sex <laughs> mm-hmm. worker in this world where the mm-hmm. world here doesn't necessarily care about calling us sex workers. And um, she tells her about, like, Daenerys goes, can you teach me? how to fuck Khal Drogo real good to the mm. and like you can see behind it for both of them that they understand that sex is power here yes yes so um Daenerys is is very interested in this and uh then we move they away they do a little act out <laughs> they they do a little act out in a minute uh I, well yeah well, I mean, we might as well do that bit now they have a little play fuck <laughs> <laughs> yep. Where the Australian is basically teaching Daenerys, hey, get on top. Guys love yep. shit like this. He'll he'll resist at first. He'll be like, ah, this isn't the manly thing, but trust me, this shit's going to get him going. And it's going to be better for you. Yeah. And when yeah. she's like, I heard about this woman called like a Roger or something. Oh, yeah. And she could finish a man just by looking at him. And Daenerys is like, finish? And she's <laughs> yeah. like- Wink face uh, emoji kind uh, of thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you mean coming. <laughs> I see. No, I mean going. Winter is coming. Yes. Yes, uh, yes. So Benjamin and all that and, and Jon Snow and uh, Tyrion get to the wall. They see the wall. Looks like a big wall. Mm. I don't think the scale of the wall is conveyed well here. Yeah, I agree. It, I agree, they manage it a lot better later in the season. In the mm. series, I should say, yeah. Like, it's a yeah. pretty big wall. But it's yeah. not like, hey, I'm going to ride for three months to go piss off of it big. No, totally agreed. I, maybe it's like we said last week, the the budget isn't quite there for the CGI, although maybe they just didn't think it should look that big yet. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're still kind of far away. Maybe I just don't understand perspective. <laughs> that's also That's also possible. So, uh, we go back. Catelyn's having a little bit of a snoop around. She's doing some CSI shit around the mm-hmm. uh, tower where Bran fell. And yes. she finds a single strand of golden hair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who's could you know that- what that means. <laughs> what does it mean? It means the Lannisters were there. Oh, I thought you were misdirecting me. No, no. Uh, the only people in Game of Thrones world that have blonde hair are the Lannisters. We know that. So, yeah. Sherlock has solved the case. And she immediately gathers some people who she clearly trusts and goes... Out in the forest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And she stands on a big rock. Whenever I want to tell people something <laughs> that I don't want going any further, I climb on top of a big rock. <laughs> yes. And, and say... Claim it-, it to the trees. <laughs> <laughs> but so they, uh, they're all pretty shocked. She goes, hey, I reckon the Lannisters tried to murder Bran. Yes. Because they already possibly murdered John Aaron. Yes. Which uh, I don't think that I realised they all would have known at this point. I thought it maybe was a bit of a closer secret or... Yeah. They're, they're a little freaked out by everything for sure. And Rob's like, all right, war. Yeah. Just straight away. He's like, okay, we'll fight him. And then Theon is just like, oh, Rob, please let me come. I love you, Rob. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's such a little suck up to him straight away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they they decide to keep their heads cool and like, hey, maybe get Ned to fucking have a little bit of a search around while he's down there for what might have gone on. Yep. And Catelyn's like, yeah, but I can't just text him that in a in a raven because <laughs> no. someone might read it. So it's dangerous. Yeah. They decide that uh, Catelyn and Mutton Chops are going to go down 
to King's Landing and tell Ned about what their their fucking crazy conspiracy theory is. Do you think that makes sense of Catelyn leaving and going there herself? No, I think it makes sense for her to just immediately be like, yeah, I can do it. I'll, I'll do it. I, I want to get this done. Mm. And I think it makes sense for her to be like, when she gets like this, we can't stop her from doing what she wants. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's true. That's the, uh, but like that's my um, giving it the most benefit of the doubt I can think because yeah, it does seem like a little bit of a we need to get these characters to these positions. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I hadn't ever really given it a second thought until yeah, you just like hear it laid out like that. But it's like surely. Even Rob going it makes more sense. She should be staying there to take care of Bran, who's still unconscious <coughs> and recovering from being pushed out of a tower. Yeah, well, because Catelyn says there needs to always be a Stark in Winterfell, and she's not technically mm. a Stark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Okay, yeah. I think that's kind of her reason. Like, Rob needs to stay because he's the only actual full-on Stark that's there. Yeah. Yeah, um, f- okay. I, yeah. I mean, yeah. You can't disagree with that. They said no. it. I mean, Rickon would be there still. Yeah, and he 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 can't run the house. He'd be like home alone. He was just be ordering <laughs> cheese pizzas and <laughs> setting up traps. Uh, that'd be really. F- I would love to see a home alone set in Winterfell. <laughs> yeah, like every trap is just like this place is cold and sucks. <laughs> you just yeah, leave, or, or like actual decapitations <coughs> and spears through heads and stuff. Yeah, like oh, a, a paint can swung at me, and then a dog ripped my neck out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yes, exactly. What a romp. Um, but yes, so yeah, you're right. Rob stays there, Catelyn goes. She's got she's got cut up hands, but she's still going. Yep. And then uh, we go over to Daenerys trying out her new moves on Drogo, and it bloody works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it works a charm. He, is he in- wasn't even that resistant. Nah, because, like, he... You see in this that, like, I mean, Daenerys is doing this because she wants to not be continuing in the situation she's been continuing in. But you yeah. see you, you see Drogo be a bit like, oh, I'm actually kind of into her. Yeah, yeah, sure, yes. More yeah, so than fair. before. Uh, then we go back to the inn where everybody's, uh, all the, like, uh, Robert Baratheon and, and Eddard and everybody are staying. And uh, there's a bit of fucking about with uh, Ilan Payne with the fucking weirdest face. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the it's most- not even that. It's not even that scary because so he wh- he goes up to Sansa. Is that right? She's yeah. there, and he's she's freaked out, and she just bumps into him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, and he's it's such a weird expression. Like it's almost comical. It's not totally scary. He's got these big wide eyes, like fucking young Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. And and he just looks like he kind of just looks like he stepped on a nail or something. Yeah. And uh, he doesn't talk because uh, they mentioned the Mad King cut his tongue out. Yeah, which is kind of creepy, to be fair. Yeah, that bit's creepy. If he'd opened his mm. mouth and there was no tongue in there, you'd be like, whoa, yeah. you look like a fucking drawing that might be on a Red Hot Chili Peppers album or something. <laughs> yes, uh, but he doesn't. I would have liked that, actually, if he did open his mouth and there was no tongue. That'd have, that'd <laughs> yeah, I think that might have just been too insane. <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe. For him, it would just so be like... That- you're scared of my eyes, are you? Well, and <laughs> I mean, we, we wouldn't have been able to ask that question, obviously. He no, I, but you could do it easily. Paint his, paint his tongue green. Yeah. And that just true. gets rid of anything on film. <laughs> so, um, Joffrey But then shows the up. hound comes up, right? Who does? Yeah, the Doesn't hound. Doesn't the hound? Yeah, the hound comes up and he's like, and he explains who this dude is to Sansa, and she's like, um, kind of weirded out by both of you dudes yeah because the hound's got all the burnt face still and we don't really know anything about him he's just a big dude with a burnt face and everyone's a dick to the hound but he seems okay like he's yeah just this yeah. dude who's getting his job done and he's kind of gruff but whatever totally he he's yeah there's nothing about him so far he's not done anything even like Tyrion, where he's been like a rude to anyone else so he's just like a guy who tells people the, the truth in the situation yeah. he's in and then gets probably, yeah, like treated like shit and then he has to just go uh, and walk away. Yeah, he just seems like a blue-collar dude with a shit helmet who's, yep. you know, got a bit of a thing going on with his face. Then yes. Joffrey shows up and he's like, fuck off, dog. 
and <laughs> yeah. takes uh, Sansa on a little walk down by the river where Arya and uh, some redhead kid are having a play the butcher's fight with boy. swords. So, yeah, we find out he's a butcher's boy, but he just comes out of nowhere. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that's true, yeah. Uh, yeah. And Arya and him are having this little stick fight, and mm-hmm. Joffrey comes up and is like, oh, hey, I'm a smarmy dick. Mm. Oh, no- did. Because it's clear, it's kind of clear from the very beginning, before Joffrey even does anything, that Arya, as a princess, is not meant to be play fighting with this random red-headed kid. Yeah, because he's like, oh, what? That's your sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So then he goes up and um, challenges this kid, like, is just intimidating him. He's uh, just a total bully. He's just like, ah, oh, you think you're, you think you're a, gr- you want to be a knight? You want to be a sword fighter? Well, let's have have a go. Come on, c- come at me. Yeah. And it's like he's holding a stick. You're holding a sword. You're the prince. Like, you're just being a dick. Totally. And Arya agrees, mm-hmm. and uh, has a. Uh, Does she kind of lunge at him, or what happens there? He is. Uh, cutting the butcher boy's face. Yeah. Right? And then, yeah, I think, does she go to she smack goes it to away like, with her? Stop stick, it. And, and, and he, like, swings around and looks like he's going to intimidate her. And then here comes Nymeria fucking leaping out of nowhere, yep. biting him on the arm a lot. Like, uh, like he's lucky that the dog went for his arm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Because we've seen these dogs go for necks. Yep, they go for necks. I um, love a good neck bite. Mm, baby, I got Dr. taught Acula. that. I got taught that by a uh, Australian handmaid. <laughs> yes, do a little bit of nibbling on the neck, get your places. <laughs> um, yeah, so Nymeria comes up and gives him a little nibbling on the wrist, and, and he, he does Im- not respond well. Oh, he just immediately switches, which of course he does, into being this tiny little coward who yep. is lying on the floor crying. Uh, Arya picks up his sword and he's like, no, please don't kill me. Yeah, please don't do it. Please, please. Like, uh, he's so sniveling and, yeah, it's yeah. just a little little wimp. She chucks it in the river and uh, then they all fuck off. <laughs> I think so, yeah. I feel like I feel like it's clear that the, this is fucked. And I think, does Arya just run away? I, I think, think maybe? I, yeah, because I think, yeah, her they, they all run off. Maybe, I can't remember if somebody spots them or something, but they mm. run off and she uh, is being kind of hunted down by the Lannister troops. Tells Nymeria, like, you got to go, Harry and the Hendersons. You got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah, which uh, I, f- I thought that was really effective and like in a in a very emotionally manipulative way, but it was like... It was sad. Like, it was genuinely fucked. Like, it's like she throws the rock at the dog and makes it run away. And yeah. It's, yeah. I think it, because you can already tell there is a connection, like we said, with the other ones. And it's already defended her. It's like it and her have both done the right thing. Totally. And that's why it's more tragic. And you, I think this bit says a lot about Arya, where you can tell, like, she's caring, but she's also got a survival instinct and is willing to do whatever it takes. Like, kind yeah. of resourceful, throwing that rock at it to make sure it runs up. Like, she is uh, built to f- fucking hide in the woods. Yes, yeah, totally. And it's not something that... Like, when she does it, it's not like I was like, oh, yeah, of course she has to make the dog run away. It's like, oh, this was clever of her to, to know what's probably going to happen, to know what's coming up for this dog. Um, yeah, a little bit of street smarts or something. Yeah. Is, yeah. So then uh, later on, they're, they're caught. And uh, yep, there's weird. a nice shot. Um, I think in in between that, with all the guards with the torches walking through the forest, and there's like a nice panning shot. Yes, totally stood out as like an actually yeah, like a very well directed and um, impressive scene. But yeah. Yes. Then uh, Ned's because Ned's there. Ned's there looking looking for her, saying her name every like up. three seconds, which <laughs> yes. is like you haven't moved far enough for her to now be able to hear you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, this is clearly for a 30-second scene in a TV show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You've not been actually yeah. searching for four hours going, well, guess I've got to fuck my throat up. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, some a nameless soldier boy runs up. Brooklyn's Superman like, that hoe. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and he's like, Ned, Ned, we've found her. She's blah, blah, blah. Go and here we go. So they go... And here they are. Yeah, Robert is uh, giving Arya a hard time. So you're kind of halfway through 
or Ned's coming into this halfway through them kind of trying to figure out what went down. Yep. Uh, Ari is saying exactly what happened. Joffrey has given them some bullshit story of like, she went crazy and fucking went for me and that dog's an asshole and the, the butcher yes. boy was a piece of shit and they just <laughs> disrespected the prince. Yes, totally. He he just says the exact opposite of what happens, yeah. And Cersei is, like, kind of on his side or whatever, but clearly she doesn't give a fuck if it's true. Yes, yes, that is very, very apparent. <laughs> she just wants... she She's probably really pleased that this has happened because it gives her an opportunity to fuck someone over. <laughs> totally. And Robert's... See, like, he seems angry and fed up with the whole thing, and he's just like, yeah, they're kids, of course they're fighting. Like, this is dumb. Yes. But yeah, there's a few things of like, they have to be punished, and the, or it's like, well, they, no, just let, leave him go. Joffrey's lying. And Robert's just like, says the most reasonable thing, which, yeah, is basically, they're children, they fight, they'll get over it, let's move on. Exactly. And then uh, Sansa is thrown in the mix. Yep. She's, uh, does well, she- Cer- first, Cersei says, like, Joffrey will be scarred for life. Something has to happen here. We've got to figure this out. Yeah. Sansa comes down, they're like, where's Sansa? And Ned so says she's in bed and says, like, mm, no, she isn't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she gets brought yeah. down to, like, give her account of things, does that kind of overplayed look at uh, Ned and at Joffrey, pretend she doesn't know anything, and they all just basically go, all right, fuck this. Ned, you punish yeah. yours, I'll punish mine. Yeah. Well, says well she says, she says she doesn't remember and then Arya freaks out, which is yeah, not right. the right thing for her to do. Like, it's, it's, no. it's, it's a situation where if the, you know, like, nine-year-old girl was able to deal with it in a rational and calm way, she'd probably come out at least not being punished. But because she is, a, you know, a young, impulsive girl, she's like... What the fuck do you mean? You're nothing. You can't yeah. remember. Like you're lying. You're lying. You're lying. And, and she is. She makes she, it worse. She's totally hot-headed. Yes. Yeah. Um, but they basically are walking away, and they're like, "Okay, everything's sorted. Let it be done with, and we'll mm-hmm. all go to bed and forget about it." But then Cersei's like, uh, "There's, there's, those dogs are dangerous, and there's still one more hanging around." Mm. Mm-hmm. And at this mm-hmm. point, Robert is clearly just like, "My fucking wife, Jesus Christ." Yeah. yeah. But do it, Ned, okay? This is just going to... I have to give her something or she's not going to let it go. Yeah. So Ned is like, okay, I'm going to do it because I'm that guy. I need to swing the sword. Yes. But then it's 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 made clear that Nymeria's gone. So yeah. the so dog that's going to have to take the repercussions is Sansa's dog. Is is Lady. And Sansa mm. is, is really upset about this. And I thought, um, it's Sophie Turner, right? Yes. Yeah. She did like a great job. In this scene, yeah. I thought. Yes, I, I think... Sh- well, and I, in the other scenes, I've, like, all of these bits with these kids, I thought all of them nailed every bit of it. Totally. I, I remember thinking, as I was watching this episode, oh, I kind of shat on Maisie Williams a little bit. Whoa! Her performance. Oh, my God. In- I can't believe you haven't brought that up before. <laughs> For her performance. I didn't know that you were in- into that sort of stuff. Have you been talking to any Australian handmaids? <laughs> Exclusively. Um, <laughs> But I was I was a little bit down on her last in the first episode um, for being a little bit over the top or whatever. But in this one specifically, she's great. Like she is really convincing and subtle and over the top when it's required. Like she acts exactly like you'd imagine a kid of this age in this position to act. Like she's really really good. Totally. And, yeah. So Sophie Turner um, is I think yeah great from the very start. Sansa becomes my favorite character in the show. Right. Um, and yeah, looking at uh, this show again from the very start, with that in in mind, um, yeah, like she's she's awesome from the very beginning. Um, Sansa is not a character you like from the beginning, but I think no. she's performed very well. Completely, and yeah, I think that that previous scene to this, the riverbank thing, is the scene of the show, and it's all their performances mm. that do it. And you're genuinely like, ah, oh, fucking rain it in, kids. What are you doing? Like you get annoyed yeah. at these kids acting like kids. Which is yep. perfect. Totally. Uh, so then, yeah, Ned walks outside to to take care of uh, Lady mm-hmm. as the Hound is coming back into town with a dead body sort of slumped over the um, hood of his car. <laughs> yep. And uh, at least that's the, the way bonnet. I remember it. <laughs> yeah, Mad Max yeah. style. <laughs> and uh, 
Ned's like, oh, that's the fucking butcher's boy, isn't it? And th- this is the bit where you're like, oh, okay, maybe the hound's a bit of a piece of shit. Because he goes, yeah, maybe, and maybe, like, and also remembering, like, oh, that's right. This is a world in which really shitty things happen. Totally, he says he ran, but not very fast. You're like, oh, Jesus. Yeah, that's cold. That's a cold ass hunky. Yeah, and then uh, I-, I liked the way this very final bit was was done, where it kind of intercuts between Ned taking Lady and and getting ready to uh, kill it, and. Um, Bran asleep back in Winterfell with his dog, whose ears kind of perk up, and it's like, oh shit, mm. something's going on here. Yep. Uh, Ned swings the blade or like stabs the knife or whatever to an awful dog dying sound. Yep. Which I yep. don't know how they record the audio for that. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, do you yeah, just I wonder? Uh, uh, yeah, I, either there's a very good voice actor or a very bad foley artist who fucking either pretends to be a dog or kicks a dog, respectively. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. Like, uh, maybe you you can train dogs to make noises like that on command? I don't know. Possibly. I hope so. Yes, right, yes, exactly. That is the best-case scenario. Yeah. Because, like... great dog voice actor out there. (laughs) Yeah. He does Bugs Bunny. It's nuts. He's really good. (laughs) But, like, the only other option I can think of is that you wait for a situation where you know a dog might get hurt yep. and set up a mic, which that's fucked. And then once you have it once, you can use it in every show. Sure, that's true. Yeah, maybe. Well, I, like, <laughs> But how do you get that you, first piece of stock audio? I mean, maybe that happened in the 1930s and they did kick a dog. Yeah. I would almost rather the show just had just some fucking dude going, yipe, yipe, yipe. <laughs> Just, Ow! Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, ma That's stuck me right in the neck. Ouch. Oh, that's machi. smart. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, um, it, it, horrible yeah. noise. And uh, yeah. the, the dog in Winterfell is clearly somehow bothered by it too. And then, mm-hmm. jaboom, Bran's eyes open up. Yeah. Which, that's the thing. Like, when that happened and the episode finished, I'm like, holy shit. Like, this kid has already been pushed out of a window, been, like convalescent and comatose for months apparently mm. and has recovered in a huge twist and this is just the end of the second episode it is uh, the the space of one hour of showtime less than mm. um, totally totally which is great so, it's, a, it's another good hook absolutely yeah like yeah and that's that's yeah i mentioned at the start of this this episode of the podcast like a lot of stuff happens here a lot of stuff is revealed a lot of stuff changes like we talk about you know the character arcs and like you mentioned last week, like jokingly, like, oh, yeah, Daenerys isn't going to change. She's not going to have an arc. She's already really far along in her arc. Totally. She is gaining yeah. some power here. She's like, okay, if this is a situation I'm in, I'm going to look at my eggs and make the best of it and change it yeah. into my favor. Yes. Um, yeah. And, yeah, we already see, I mean, we already see two of these dogs that were supposed to be such, I, I got the feeling they were going to be these really important things, mm. companions to the Stark kids. Two of them, yeah, well, one of them's run away. One of them has had its throat cut. Like, yeah. that's, um, yeah, surprising. And and that was the thing that we were talking about at the end of last week's podcast, how the show seems willing to subvert expectations in a way that we hadn't really experienced in a show of this scale or popularity before. Totally. And it does do it in a way where you're not like, oh, my God, they had the balls to kill that butcher's kid. They murdered a child off screen, but they showed his body. It doesn't do it in a way where it's like showing off the fact that it's breaking these expectations. Yeah, it's not expecting the audience to be like, ooh. Oh, clever. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's just like, yeah, that happened. They're all happening and they're all logical and they're all Mm. earned. Contextually makes sense. They're not tonally. Like, it's all just like, this is part of a story that we're telling you. It's like you mentioned last week. This is a long story and we know where it's going. Yeah. These things are... This is not the cliffhanger at the, end, at the end of the season. This is just one of the things that happens. So yeah. come along for the ride because there's going to be a lot of things happening. Totally. But then it does still have the good TV structural things of like something happens right at the end of the episode that makes you want to watch the next one. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Is yeah, Brand, what's episode- Brand looking at? Is, he, is there a picture on the ceiling? I need to answer <laughs> is, these questions. Is there a mirror? Maybe Who there's knows? a mirror on the ceiling. Maybe there's a mirror and you fuck your brother in front of it. <laughs> yes 
Um, but yeah, I thought this was a really good episode, aside from some of those sort of ham- ham-handed, hokey um, moments we mentioned. A couple of clunky bits with the directing and the writing. Yes. But, but still I, yeah, predominantly like, good. Predominantly good, and I, I, like we just were mentioning before, the performances, especially of the kids, are becoming more and more impressive. Um, yeah. Yeah, and just like all of these really, really uh, engaging and intriguing plot lines are, are um, unfolding. And, Agreed. Yeah. Well, we've done another one that's longer than the real episode. <laughs> yeah, we did it. Not as <laughs> as uh, much longer than last time. But it, it, I think it's may- it. maybe more long because this one was only 55 minutes. Oh, yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. This is a trend then. <laughs> Fuck. All right, we're going to find a way to do this uh, maybe a little bit more succinctly because we've got a lot of episodes to get through. That's true. That's true. Um, are we well, doing we'll- next week? Are we doing three and four? I think so. Should we just say that now? We're going to do that and and uh, commit to it. Yeah, three and four yep. next week, and we'll maybe find some way of doing the structure of this where we speed it up a bit. Yeah, uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, do you're it. right. We if if we do do episodes three and four of the show, we probably don't want to do a two hour and fifteen minute podcast. So we'll no. figure out. Yeah, how to maybe by location is how we go through the stories or whatever. I, um, if if anyone has any suggestions or ideas. Mm. Is there an email they can contact us at? There is Aria talking to me pod at gmail.com. Right. Aria talking to me pod at gmail.com. A-R-Y-A, like the name of the character from the show. It's genius. Yep. And please include that as the first line of your email. <laughs> yes. Um, but also there is a Facebook page, Aria talking to me uh, on Facebook and at Aria talking to me on Twitter. Yep. It's, all, it's all the same. And if you're enjoying this, then uh, give us a little bit of a rate and uh, a subscribe on iTunes and everything. Yes. Um, and, uh, yeah, like get get in touch with thoughts about the episodes we've already talked about. Let us know if you're new to the show and going along with it for the first time with us. Or, uh, or yeah, just uh, love to hear your feedback. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, another good episode of a show that continues to be good. Thanks for hanging out again this week, Ben. Thank you, Adam, and we'll see you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.